I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What on earth? I don't have an option. Welcome, welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, September 4th, and Patrick, I'm hunting down an exclusive lead on the East Coast of the United States right now. Wow. Yeah, I was tipped off the Rooney would be an Amagansett around this time of the year. Well, he's certainly not doing anything for DC United, so he might be there. Yeah, and it turns out it's just my dog, Rooney. And he's so cute. He's a good little boy. Well, you got me. Yeah, he's not much of a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if he comes on a little later. Yeah, um, he might make an appearance. A couple choice words to say. He barks out orders. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Well, hey, listen, I did not catch the activity that was swirling around this past weekend in the social media, but it looks like you had yourself a field day on the Prem Prem Instagram. I had a good time doing it. I think it helped, um, helped check all my other emotions, knowing that I had to be a professional at halftime and at full time. Um, if you were to go to the tape, you would see that there was a good five minutes for me to recover myself after the end of the Derby before I posted. <laughs> um, if you did time stamped, but Some say uh, that's not enough. Yeah, no, it was it was hardly enough. I thought I was pretty composed. Definitely something I want to keep doing, and I think that there might be some um, some future instant reaction podcasts, full podcasts, um, in our listeners' future. Yeah, I do think we need to corner the exact time of, of hot takes and time since game ended. I think that's yeah. our, our sweet spot. And um, hyper-focus say... on those big games, too. That's the other thing I'd like to do. I swiped through. I didn't have the volume on, but the story looked like Morse code with the amount of times you posted. What, oh, was, yeah. what was going through your mind? Um, I mean, I was pumped. It was a North London Derby. I'm always pumped. And I thought, you know, there were a lot of positives to take away. Obviously disappointed in the result. Disappointed to, you know, lose my streak, which I'm sure you'll you'll get into. But, um, no, I mean, it's, it's it felt a little too early for a North London Derby in the season. You know, I think both teams were still getting their feet on the ground, you know, getting their questions full has first to be, teams. Questions have to be asked of the uh, fixture assignment team at the Premier League. Yeah, for sure, for what sure. They, getting a – I don't mind a top six matchup early. I'd prefer them a little bit early and later into the season. Uh, but a derby, yeah. Like, I mean, you don't want – like, you wouldn't want City or Liverpool in your first month, right? You know, no mm. no top six team wants their – I mean, actually, you might want your crack I kind of want to get it out the way. Yeah, fair enough. You know. But, you know, for – um, let's just, well, I guess you got Chelsea early and it worked out well. So I guess it's not necessarily a corollary. I wanted Tottenham a little bit later, but I see what it is. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And obviously being the game of the week, we can go right into this, Patrick, you know, I'll try and keep you on course with a few questions here and there. Good luck. Uh, make sure I leave a trail of breadcrumbs that lead you right to my bear trap. <laughs> so it was a classic North London Derby. Yes. I think in every sense of it. And you know you're always going to get entertainment. And for the neutral, that's always so great. For the Arsenal fan, maybe not so much the case. Obviously, it ended 2-2, draw between Spurs and Arsenal. Um, how do I put this? It, In the sense of its predictability, are you upset that not a lot has changed in the format of the North London Derby? You know, attacking football with some defensive frailties? 
specifically on the defense? Are you nervous about that? Um, I wouldn't say nervous. I'm I am one, I think, of a shrinking population of Arsenal fans who is willing to give Socrates and Luis time to come together. Um, also, holding is expected back into the full team. I was going to say, I think after the international that's break, not your, t- your pairing that you want to give time to. Sure, but fully fit. Yeah, I mean, how, how long until holding is going to be... Re- like, I think that we'll need the Europa League, I think we'll need the Carabao Cup, and I think we'll need the FA Cup before holding is going to be inserted into the first team. Uh, I don't think that he's going to just go in into a Premier League game, and I could be wrong, and you know where I stand on holding, but I'm right. willing to give... Because I think that uh, Socrates and David Luiz each have their extraordinary qualities, positive qualities. They, however, don't have some of the requisite qualities you would like in a center-back partnership for each of them. Um, they're both a little bit of a recluse, and so when you have both of that, you don't have somebody covering, it gets a little sloppy. And you saw that on the first goal, several mistakes. That, w- that was more of a culmination of, of small errors that led to a goal, um, whereas the second error was... <laughs> culmination our, of small errors. Yeah, that was yeah. Where the culmination are, where of one large on the, uh, error by our club captain. Where are we on the shipping jock at a China meter? Look, I think he does a lot of positive things. Um, I think that one of the things that we learned from this match <laughs> That's not week, an answer. I think I think one of the positive things we learned from this, this match week is we have, I believe, found our starting center midfield three. Those people are Lucas Torreira, Matteo Ganduzzi, and Danny Ceballos. Yes. Ceballos. Yes. I believe that those are the three. I don't believe that there is a question. I think that if Ozil wants his way into the team, he's got to earn it, and he's got to earn it through substitute substitute minutes. Which he hasn't uh, gotten yet. No, th- this was his first week in the team, to be fair to him. So, uh, he- I, was, I was hoping to see him play, but he didn't. I don't think that that game was calling for him maybe early when well, uh, Ceballos came on. I think in that last, like, 10 minutes like I would have preferred him to Mkhitaryan but not to Ceballos in that moment I thought Ceballos came on and changed the game you've entrapped me in an all-you-can-eat buffet of Arsenal talking points and let me let me squeeze a couple definitives out of you before we move on to Ozil because that was my third thing that I wanted to talk to you about but the the Xhaka point uh club captain he's 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 out of your first 11 and I I caught myself you know watching the highlights just frustrated kind of vicariously through you because you know that reminded me of classic small and phil jones just committing completely unnecessary fouls and you can't stand for that under this yeah. new emory regime yeah and and, and look i, I we're now you know i don't want to say we're spoiled for choice because it's not that good but we're spoiled for the choice to not start granite jaka and we have that luxury now i'd even mm, slot joe willick ahead of him it's like Joe Willick ahead of him. Honey, um, we don't need to stay at the Motel 6 tonight. <laughs> Look, it, it, no matter how big it is, it's still a come up. It's still a come up. <laughs> and I'm not going to sleep on that. Don't forget um, however, where you come from. Yeah, however, I mean, I think we'd be deluding ourselves into thinking this is the last we've seen of Granite Shaka. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. For whatever reason, he has a long leash. Mm. I think he still does sit in that holding role, like as far as like stay in that location. Mm-hmm better than anybody on Arsenal, even Lucas Torreira, Matteo Ganduzzi, they can kind of get out of pocket a little bit. But 
fuck it, we're already out of pocket. Let's let's let the guys with some quality and some p- ambition to get forward. I mean, I think Torreira, Ceballos, and especially Ganduzi. I mean, this was this was as good as I've seen Ganduzi look ever. And he did man it in the, the North London Derby. Yeah, did it in the Derby. He was your man of the match. Yeah, clearly yeah. plays for the badge. Like yeah. that's he's he's one of the first names I'm penciling into a team sheet right now. Um, he got just got called into the French squad, which I think is more of wow. a play to, to I lock didn't know him. That. Yeah, he replaced mm-hmm. Pogba, um, and he I think it was more of a play to lock him capped wise, so he doesn't go to Morocco. Even though he said a million times he only wants to play for France, but lock him in. You, you need to lock him. Uh, but in, in any in any case, major accomplishment for the lad. Can't can't wait to see what's 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 left for him. But yeah, I think you do have to be looking for ways out for Xhaka. Uh, but I don't. I don't think he was the only one of our problems. I think that the the, the way we can kind of put a bow on this is uh, since since the beginning of last Premier League season, uh, no team in the entire Premier League has more errors leading to a goal than Arsenal. Arsenal has 13 errors leading to a goal, and I think that that's just something that Arsenal does need to shake out of their DNA if they ever want to compete yes. for the title. And it's the least shocking statistic, even even in the even in the current set of ambitions for them to get in like a champions league spot that's that's a, that's within their margin for error like they can't i'm sorry that's outside of their margin for error that's not the yes. level of error that their quality has to be able to secure those points and you know i don't know how many goals they've conceded in that time but 13 and probably what like 40 some odd games that's nearly one in every three games you are going to you know shoot yourself in the foot and in the premier league you're going to drop points for that. And I think that's the most frustrating part about being an Arsenal fan is like you feel like they do it to themselves more than they get beat. So you like have that that gap between what you could be and what you are that you think is within your own control. But at a, at a point, you have to say, that's who these players are. That's who Granite Xhaka is. To a degree, that's who David Luiz and Socrates are. Right. And how in, in Kolasinac, we can talk about him a little bit as well. That's who those players are. And if you don't replace those players, you don't upgrade from those players, you don't put some players that are less error-prone or at least more ambitious to go along with their errors. You know, I could accept Granite Xhaka making an error every four or five games that leads to a goal-scoring opportunity if he ever played a forward ball, but he doesn't. You know, Ganduzi on his own, created that Aubameyang goal. You know, great finish by Aubameyang, but there was no one moving for him, and he just worked around and then played a ball over the top. You know, that's not something Xhaka's doing. So, right. I think he's got to be dropped. I'm not. I'm not counting on it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And let's wrap it up here. You touched on Ozil needing to work his way into the team. Mm -hmm. A player of Ozil's supposed caliber isn't the kind of guy who's going to wait around on the bench earning a spot in a team. Um, I 100% from a neutral, I 100% back that point of view. I 100% agree that Torreira, Ganduzi, and Ceballos is your your, uh, center midfield pairing, your pairing of three. Do you think Ozil will be out in January or at the end of the year? I think that's a really good question. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think that there's, one, I don't think there's suitable buyers. I think that's a primary factor. Two, I still, you know, I mean, I, I do think that the, um, I think he will be given a fair crack into the team, whether it's, um, you know, Ceballos on the bench playing just two of that front three that we finally got to see or Torreira, Ganduzi dropping, you know, Ozil will get minutes as a starter. I would like to see him earn some stuff as, as a substitute. But I mean, I think about what that game might've needed at that, at the very end when Mkhitaryan came in 
uh, rather, you know, someone who you're willing mm. to put on loan yeah, two days later. You know, you also had Reese Nelson in there as well if you wanted to have a little bit of pace and a little bit of creativity. But uh, what that game, that game was so open at the end. And I mean, if there's a place to put Ozil in, a back and forth game where he's going to have five or six times to find a crucial pass, that's the time to put him in. Yeah, you, know, you could have uh, used an Awobi. I, yeah, I mean that's a, there's your reason, Nelson. Though that's why we traded. That's why we got rid of Awobi, right? And you know, and for whatever reason, I think that that's kind of one of the things that you know. I'm aware of some of Emery's flaws. I'm okay with some of them because um, I think he is building a little bit more of an identity as far as that high press, a little bit more def- defense oriented. Um, but I do, I do think he hangs on to the players who should be good enough to start or who should be your start. Basically, if you were to sort these players by FIFA ranking, who would you put into your starting team? I think he holds on to those types of players a little bit longer than he maybe should have. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think Ozil will get his proper chance. That's also why I think, um, you know, Jacques is going to stick in a little bit longer. But just to kind of put a, a bow on the Arsenal thing, which I know I said I'd do five minutes ago, I think that you've also started to see – uh, yeah, I think that you're, you're, we're going to get Bellerine back in the full team in September. We're getting Tierney into the full team in September. We're getting Holding into the full team in September. I think there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged from Arsenal perspective. I think you've seen positive things from everybody in that front three, everybody in that midfield three. Seven points after that run of four fixtures, not the worst place to be. You know, mm. I probably would have – it's like uh, – it's like – I mean, seven to nine is probably the range I would have been okay with. You know, nine, like I would expect to lose to Liverpool all the way okay. around. So, yeah, I'm okay with this. And while we're on the game, I do want to touch on Tottenham. I don't want to oh, make so this all about the team with the cabinet. Yeah. But, right. Oh, yeah. The team for with the me, Right. Yeah. Yeah. The old dusty ones. But for <laughs> Tottenham, for Tottenham, I think that we are starting to see. We saw a little bit of this last year. We talked about this with, with Mark on the summer episode. But there's a resiliency and a toughness to this squad that I think is going to serve them well. Um, I will temper that with the fact that they've only got 16 points in their last 16 Premier League games, so they have not really had a great run of form in the league. But against these you know, other top sides on the road, we saw it against City, they stuck in there. They stuck in there against Arsenal. Yeah, it's Arsenal. It's not Liverpool. It's not City. But that game was going Arsenal's way. Mm. And they pulled out a point in the end and looked just as threatening in that final um, five to ten minutes to pull one out of their ass. Uh, but, you know, and I, I did think it was a little interesting that um, Ndombele didn't start. I'm not sure if he's got a knock or what. But I'm interested that, that your take on Spurs at this point in the season is their resiliency. Because I think they're in a bit of an interesting situation where they need to figure out who they are and quick and what kind of team they're going to put out and quick. Yeah. Uh, Poch openly admitted at the end of this game that it's it might have been a, a bit of a you know translation barrier or gaffe, but he goes, this is the worst period of his time at Spurs. And that's frustration that lingered yeah. from the transfer window, you know, not bringing in all the players he would have wanted, not, you know, right. shipping out the players he was ready to get rid of. And uh, now this Erickson situation is really looming over them because – it's become yeah, he's in the know, team now been, they've the been team they've now. been caught with their pants down you know they were going to get rid of this guy and now he is the creative key and uh deli yeah. deli alley is the lingard of spurs and someone can prove me wrong on that one right well he's got about double the goals in half the time but um in well they're both recruits. that point aside yeah, both recruits, differing age and expectations. Uh, but yeah, the, I think the biggest question, like you brought in, it seemed like Lacelso was the Erickson replacement. Erickson doesn't go, 
So how do you integrate Lo Celso into that fold? I mean, from my perspective, a midfield three of and and Dembele and Dombele, however you say his name, with Erickson and Lo Celso has some really really attractive bits. I don't know if both Lo Celso and Erickson are too attacking um, to play in that kind of a formation. Uh, but I think Spurs' defense is great. Lloris had a number of really great saves this weekend. Um, they're, you know, they're definitely thin. Depth is a huge problem for Spurs, yeah, and so injuries cracks. are going to, yeah, injuries are going to show, you know, injuries are going to be a challenge for them if and when they hit, and they always hit. So it's just a matter of who they hit to and how long they last, and if they can have some other people step up. But, uh, you know, I think, I, 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 I still feel positively, I guess, about Spurs as positively as you can. Yeah, they had the um. <clears throat> the slip-up game, I'm forgetting against who at this point. Was it, was it uh, Newcastle that they it lost to? Newcastle. That... They lost at home to Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they took they took, they took took a draw from City and from Arsenal away. Those aren't negative performances, in my opinion, for Spurs. Maybe they'll think differently if you had a Spurs fan on. Um, and then they got three points in their other fixture. So, yeah, rocky start. But now Erickson's in the team. Let's see if they settle. They got the international break. They could be in worse positions. I guess is I guess is how I'll 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 conclude yeah. that. And uh, Kane can work out his diving tactics. Yeah, Tokyo Olympics <laughs> coming up. And moving on so. from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which do you want to talk about? City against Brighton or Burnley against Liverpool? Because they're both equally boring to me. Um. Didn't watch either. Actually, no. I watched City Brighton. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think my. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just it's it's. Can we can we just like we could just talk about how uh, those two teams are going to run with it, run away with it again, and just yeah, kind of put I'm a pin just in it for it's just going to be a respect fest. I've got no juicy yeah. talking points. Well, I've got one for each. I think Laporte's injury against City, uh, one of the Huge. most psycho pep moves that I loved was he blamed. Okay, so get this: Laporte got injured, big injury. They he was their only reliable center half, and um, do you know how long he's out for yet? I don't know, but it, I think if we're talking months, not weeks. Wow. So, okay, that is big. Yeah, yeah. So, unconfirmed. But Pep, he's such a perfectionist. He got pissed off at Rodri for not committing the professional foul and making Laporte draw out of his defensive zone to make that foul, which got him injured. He he, he blamed Rodri for Laporte's injury. <laughs> There's your new standard, Rodri. Welcome to the league. Yeah, Welcome old, to the big show. spider long legs couldn't reach out far enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a big boy. He might have to play some center back. Honestly, I mean, I don't know what they're yeah, slot him back there. What they're play quarterback? Yeah, I don't know what they're yeah, I don't know what they're fixing to do. But they have a. I'm sure Pep will figure something out. But yeah, I yeah. Mean, they're I'm, this is this is a chance where we get to test his um, managerial chops because yeah, exactly. he doesn't have a budget. He doesn't have a suitable replacement. So we'll see how they do. And let's 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 keep it real. Um, Ederson has looked everything but a world beater so far. So if (laughs) he's not the, not the type that's going to bail you out. So, um, you know, Walker loves to get forward. We know how important those fullbacks are to city. I mean, I'm just looking at their, their, um, their fixtures here. They don't, I mean, I'd say their next big, I mean, I wouldn't say even a big test, but they're a way to Everton at the end of the month at the end of September. So they got time to figure stuff out and then they don't play anybody in the top six until they play Liverpool in the middle of November, so they can they can sustain a little bit of a of a of an injury now. 
Um, granted, you're also going to be mixing in some FA know. Cup. You're going to mix in that Champions League, which when we talked to Kate and Tim, that was one of the ambitions this year. I didn't think they were going to have to start considering that in September, but they might. Yeah, and we've harped on how these title runs and these cup runs need a little bit of luck, and these are where titles are won and lost. So, you know, hopefully Laporte, you know, hopefully he gets back soon for the betterment of the game, but, you uh, you know, you got to be concerned about how yeah. how they adapt. But obviously Pep is the guy who you'd want in there to, to make those changes. And then the one other thing I wanted to touch on, City and Brighton, uh, Zinchenko was my man of the match. And again, like I, lo- I watched these games from an envious United perspective, and this dude was was drifting into the middle, playing balls forward, playing key passes through balls to set up goals, and like he was, you know, a supposed weak link of the team, and it just amazes me how this City team, just like Liverpool, goes from strength to strength. That was my big takeaway there. Yeah, and I mean now, just on that topic, we were talking about how. They seem to have a need of left back, didn't buy a left back, bought a new right back. Maybe they're going to slot in Kyle Walker to that center back spot, play Cancelo right. out there on the right. right. That might honestly be their best five. back four. Yeah. Well, well they, they'd probably I mean, want to slot in Stones, surely, no? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll get his chance. But it's also an opportunity to try out my FIFA lineup 4-2-4. Just throwing it out there. I mean, if there's, like, honestly. Let's make some shit happen. If you did that. Yeah, City scoring five goals, try to score five. That's basically what I would do. Go Leroy yeah. Jenkins. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's. Yeah, they 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 smacked well, they smacked Brighton on the uh, yeah. on the Burnley Liverpool game. The one thing I want to talk to you about the Mane incident. Um, I don't know if you've caught up on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I I did watch. Um, did watch that. I loved it. I was going to say, compare it to the Aguero situation, the one that we've analyzed with him and Pep. No problems with it? No. I mean, I think that you're, you know, I, I look, I think that that's a fire you want out of all three, like in their situation, all three of those guys. He I think was that, pissed. You know, he, yeah, I mean, let's let's not let's not ignore the fact that, that Salah could have slotted him through for an easy goal and decided to take a contested shot from the 18, right? Like, and that wasn't it the was, first situation. He could have done the same for Firmino about, like, 10 minutes earlier. Yeah, yeah. So Mane's reaction for me, it's not like... It's like, you're not wrong, but you're still an asshole. That's kind of how I viewed it. It's a little bit aggro. And look, I'm not going to make more out of it. If there's a manager who can handle, I think, situations like that and, like, calm the waters, I think Klopp's the guy. I'm not going to make oh, yeah, more he laughed out of this it, than he, we, he laughed it off with just we a need big shit-eating shit grin. Yeah, the big moment for me was uh, when on the bench, Firmino reached over, grabbed Mane by kind of the the scruff of the neck almost and kind of just shook him and kind of gave him that look of like, you good, you good. And then eventually Mane was like, you could tell like the demeanor changed. Yeah. It kind of seems like Bobby's the guy on that team that everybody just loves and will always love. So I don't like he's the kind of guy that I think that I mean, I think that that really fits the, the, um, the Liverpool framework that we've come to know, the yeah. camaraderie, well, everybody playing for one another. Salah didn't live up to it onto the field, but look, strikers are going to take shots when they should pass. It is what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll think, put a pin uh, in it. I'll put a pin in it, but I'm not going to make a meal out of it. Right. Yeah. Trouble in paradise. We'll see how this one brews. We'll check back in. I Let's do want to shout they, out. They uh, haven't dropped points. Oh, I they mean, they already they, knocked off the other team on the top of the table, Arsenal. So I mean, they're they're another title. They're doing on. about as good as can be. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're only five points off the pace four games in. We'll see. 
cash any checks up. just yet. Uh, real quick, <laughs> I want to shout out. I want to shout out Milner because I think his social media presence got the help of a like a Twitter consultant or something because he actually had a good one. He took that picture of him calming down Mane, and he goes, "It's because uh, Mane was complaining. Klopp didn't sub me on." So uh, <laughs> you can see Milner developing a little bit of a sense of humor there. There we go. Was that from James Milner or the boring James Milner? Oh, like the fake boring James Milner account? No, it was from the real. It's from the real James. Okay, Milner. okay. That fake Twitter account is is a goat Twitter account. <laughs> Nothing will beat the real Victor Wanyama. Had spaghetti for dinner. Was nice. <laughs> That's like early days Twitter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, every now and again, you just got to let the people know what's up. <laughs> I had a fantasy draft today where someone just shouted out on the chat, hey, I'm making soup if anyone's interested. And, like, Ooh. no one was, but it was nice. Yeah, it was what a nice shout out. What kind of soup? Did we get that far? No, we just kind of clowned on them. All right, we don't know what kind of soup. Us know. Chelsea, Sheffield, United. No. <laughs> yeah, so. The ultimate. Well, I think you're uh, jumping the gun here. Oh, okay, go ahead. I want. I just wanted to let people know that we were bringing back one of my favorite segments, uh, who wants to finish in the top? Yes, three? you because, read my mind. You read yes, my mind, my um, friend. Chelsea, I mean, I I, I, I watched uh, this game as well, and, man, it just seemed that they got that quick goal in the second half, Sheffield did, and then, like, there wasn't that, like, there wasn't that kind of killer instinct or sense of urgency that – you know, those great Chelsea teams have had in the past. And, uh, you know, Carl mentioned it. Like, Chelsea always seems to pull it out of their, their ass. They always figure it out in the end. Maybe he's speaking towards the general season because I didn't see much of that in this game. Um, did see Mason Mount bottle a chance or two. <laughs> um, that's not even true. I'm just having to go. Um, I mean, in, no, I don't. Yeah. In <laughs> what world? I was just going to say. Sure. In what world does Chelsea tune up at home against Sheffield United not kill the game? And it was, it was the ultimate like hypocritical fan moment because I woke up just all kinds of hungover, saw Southampton, you know, uh, got a draw with, with United one, one. And I was feeling pretty down on myself quickly flip over. I see Sheffield got a late equalizer against Chelsea and I'm just like, ha losers. (laughs) (laughs) We're really, we're really just the exact same. Yeah, it was just kind of that commiseration that we had last year where, you know, we were all rooting against each other in that three to six range. And but like just so depressed that our team couldn't be the one to pull away. And then lo and behold, you and I ended yeah. up on the outs. Uh, but I think one of the things we got to look at this year is it's not just those four teams. It's not. And I, I, I really, really do believe that those those four teams will pull it out in the end but it's it's going to be a full grind it's not going to be a foregone conclusion you know it's early but you know third place and 16th place in the table separated by four points whoa so i mean it's 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 early but it's wide open you know i think you have teams at the bottom of this group that are going to find their way to the middle teams at the top will find their way to the middle and then teams in the middle you'd expect to find their way to the top you know talking United, Spurs, and Chelsea expect them to make a step forward. Uh, but, you know, let's not sleep on a team Arsenal like... There. They're already at the top. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, fifth place right where we like them. Yeah. It's Look, not quite the sta- status quo from last year, all right? Uh-huh. We're not going down uh-huh. yet. <laughs> Things haven't got bad. No, but, I mean, yeah, Leicester's been a team that's impressed early. Obviously, it takes some time to see if these things can sustain, but... 
you know, Everton looks like they got a game in them. Burnley as well. You know, there's there's teams that are going to challenge, and like we expect more out of Wolves, or do we? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if we have anything more to add to the. I didn't I didn't watch the United game. That was too early. Well, for, what I was going to say, just finishing up, uh, Chelsea Sheffield was, I I think I'm on to you about the Mason Mount situation. You know, I think you're putting all the heat on him because you're taking the distraction away from the fact that Pulisic is a flop. I wouldn't say flop. I wouldn't say that. I haven't watched enough yet. Flop. Look, but, what, bro, you know. but like in f- you're 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 having a go because you know I'm sensitive about this, and I can respect that. But hey, dude, hey, there's hey, there's relax. no relax. There's no other. We had a friend. We had a friend player. growing up. We would just be like, "Don't cry, hey, don't cry," For, and, then, and then he would start crying. That's just. I mean, that's that's bullying, James. That's bullying. <laughs> he was and a friend. Not, it's 2019. <laughs> you can't bully people anymore. You can't do it. You can't do it. When you were growing up, it was all fine and well, but you can't do it. And what I'm saying is, with any new, like, especially attacker, especially young attackers coming to the Premier League, you need to, you, you need to like, reserve your full judgments until the second year. You like to see signs, you like to see this and that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't write somebody off after a year as, as, a, as a winger. They need to get used to the pace. They need to get used to the physicality. And Pulisic is a little bit smaller. He's got the pace. But they're going to put bodies on him the way they might not have in the previous league. Yeah. And let's not forget, he was displaced by – I mean, obviously he's been incredible, but he was Sancho. displaced easily by Sancho. Correct. He was unable to get minutes over Dembele. Um, obviously he's not going to replace Royce, uh, but you know, there's like, he wasn't a surefire first team player at Dortmund. And when you pay 60 some odd million pounds for somebody, you expect them to be a first team player. So he does have that expectation coming with him, but he wasn't that guy before he's 20 years old. Let's see him work his way into the team. I think that Pedro Willian are going to have the seniority on him. Mason Mounts clearly got the, um, the manager's, um, the manager's eye. And yes. I think he was with – was he with him at Derby last year, Mount? Yes, on loan? yes, he was. Okay, correct. Yeah, so Pulisic has his way – he's got a way to work into this team, let's be real. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, obviously you want to see more of him. Um, and I'll save my, my thoughts on Tammy Abraham for a new segment we're debuting later. Mm-hmm. Love it. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You want, to see more, you want to see more out of Pulisic, no doubt. Um, yeah. But he's, he's going to get a long leash there, especially this yeah, year. Yeah, he's no, he's so no we'll, Daniel James. Yeah. Dude. Dude's got two nominations for goal of the season in his first month. Love it. Goal of the season. Bo- both in games. Um, actually, no, he took they took three points in that one game. Actually, no, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they took three points. Are you, are you in making his a point debut. right now, or are you just being stupid? I'm Which just talking about it? how how his, his good goals don't matter. Is that a point, <laughs> or am I being stupid? <laughs> oh, they turn zero. They took they turn zero points in a one point. Grind them out. Yeah, and against uh, Palace, they turned zero points into zero points. Yeah, that's because Rashford and Martial pulled them back to the midfield line. Rookie mistake. Yep, yep, yep. Well, they should know after their little stunt in the World Cup. We are way off track. I'm sorry. That's just me getting upset. No, I love it. Um, I apologize well, to the, the listeners. We are gonna now you know skip, how easy I am to trigger. We are going to skip right past United Southampton because the people don't need to hear these same takes regurgitated. Not got a whole lot to say. It's a long-term plan. And uh, let's jump right on over that through to what you just alluded to as a new segment, folks. Patrick has finally come up with a new segment. He's really happy about it. So be nice on social media. Let's hear it. What do you got? I have two new segments this week. Excuse um, me. And Double yeah, fun. so 
after a year of you politely asking, all it took was one week of on-air shaming, and I came up with two great ones. So this first segment is called The Icebox, and The Icebox is obviously a new segment where we let you know which one of our hot takes aren't quite ready for the oven, so they're still in the icebox. And James, I'll start it off. Here's my uh, first take for the icebox. When it's all said and done, Chelsea fans will look at Tamri Abraham somewhere between how they look at Murata and how they look at Drogba. Okay. Um, There might have been some miscommunication on this one. I thought icebox just meant completely underwhelming take. I mean, I think that's pretty underwhelming. Right. It is. Your, your, your definition just threw me off. That's all. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, you asked me to prepare something, so I'm sorry I wrote something down for once. You can feel free to, feel free to ad-lib, build on this, and we will come up with an even better icebox segment. I like and the, the goal here. The goal here, too, is to slowly refine these takes, bring in the edges. Mm-hmm. You know? okay. So I might, be, I might knock it down from Drogba but you didn't pre- to Torres. You didn't present it in an icy tone, which I was looking forward to. Well, my tone is getting colder and colder as this episode goes on, but I will be sure to bring my next icebox segment in a frosty Coors Light blue can tone. Mm-hmm. Just check those mountains. They're blue. Here's the blues. Here's my take. Here's my take. Okay. Okay. The icebox. Jamie Vardy will be Leicester's top scorer this season. The icebox. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I pitched the segment to you on over text. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. Either end, I'm just trying to. I love, like I love the the, uh, the bookend. Yeah, like the Scripps National Spelling Bee. It's I very like yeah. <laughs> Iridocyclitis. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so maybe we'll find that. So guys, that was the icebox. Let us know what you think. Well, I hope that you are as underwhelmed as our takes were. Would anyone disagree that Jamie Vardy is going to be a top scorer this season? I feel like that's like the icebox. You write it off. You put it in the chest. And uh, you unearth it when you need to. Yeah, when you're ready for the oven, and hopefully it hasn't Love gone it. rotten. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that that one's fair. All right. What's your other segment? And then I'll balance it with one of my segments because I'm an overachiever, and I just got to keep bringing in new stuff. But I'm sure your yeah, segment's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, my uh, my new segment is actually going to be a weekly segment, so we'll just count that as a new segment every week, much like Pat's Degenerate District, which the people don't need to know you came up with, and I did uh but this new segment is called freak of the week and this is a play on the ricky gervais show segment uh which was called carl pilkington's freak of the week but instead of carl naming his favorite freak each week like lighthouse man or pillow man we're going to talk about the strangest (laughs) thing from the past match week (laughs) did you did you interrupt me for a reason there, James? No, I'm just thinking about Pillow Man. Pillow Man is a man with no arms and no legs. <laughs> um, and Lighthouse Man, while we're on the topic, is a man with a hole in his head where he put a candle in it. So those were the two uh, freaks. The freak of the Listen, week. If there's uh, anything I could do to keep Carl Pilkington alive and in our hearts, yeah, I will you do found it. a way to just smash it into a Premier League podcast segment. Yeah, the freak of the week, and so <laughs> I'll start off, James. Uh, my freak of the week is Kevin Friend, mm. uh, who delivered what is the most bizarre call I have ever seen, 
And James, if I'm going to jump ahead, I believe we pro- we probably have the same one on this one because I asked you to prepare. Mm-hmm. I'm going to explain the situation mm-hmm. and then just toss it to you. If it's not your freak of the week, we can go into that later. Yep. But the situation is this: we are in a one-nil game. Villa versus James. Help me out. Was it Burnmouth? It was Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. So Villa versus Burnmouth, or <laughs> Jesus, Villa versus Crystal Palace. Palace up 1-0. We're in stoppage time, I believe. And Jack Grealish going down the middle of the field. Say what you will. Was there contact? Was there not contact? It appeared as though he stumbles, and as he's stumbling, plays the ball to one of his teammates, whose name I'm forgetting because the duel did not count and show up in my post-match notes, who finishes the goal. Perceived equalizer, which is blown off due to a dive, which I'll let James touch on, but it cannot be reviewed under VAR because the play was blown dead before the goal was scored. So even if you disagree with the call on the field, the referee not applying the proper VAR principle prevents the right call from being made. James, I send it to you. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Friend, what a freak. What an absolute freak. Friendlies, uh, when you're here, you're here. Um, one of the worst all-time gas station pull-off restaurants, and that is what I would compare this referee to. How on earth? First of all, let's put it to the referee. Apparently, there was a whistle blown. I never heard a whistle. I never saw a whistle. He never put a whistle to his mouth. Grealish plays the ball off. Regardless of contact, you play advantage. You play advantage, no matter what. And he lays off a perfect pass for a finish, and you can end the conversation there, but let's not forget, we're in 2019. There's VAR. What on earth are those palookas doing in the booth? What are they doing up there? Are they watching something else? Are they watching a different game? Are they watching United draw to Southampton? I mean, I maybe maybe VAR uh, signaled this as something to look at or something to overturn, but Kevin Friend, I mean, pride abound. So, just, I yeah. guess he didn't overrule it. So the overrule, as I understand it, was not really an option because the call was a dive and the blew, he blew the whistle before the play had come to a conclusion. And so what VAR determined and what we've learned, their definition of clear and obvious is clear and obvious put under a microscope. They were not going to overturn that as not a dive. There was a little bit of contact as he passed both his legs did spread wide uh, in that weird, like, dive flame. So they but couldn't account a, for anything that happened after that theoretical dive. What they could have been asked to do was then pull it back for a potential free kick or a penalty kick and give it to Villa there and reverse the yellow card. Mm-hmm. However, they could not have given the goal, which, I mean, like, so that's 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 an error on Kevin Friend, freak well, number one. Here, freak number two, he was hacked twice before he went down. He was hacked, he started to stumble, passed the ball as he stumbled, and then got clattered by Cahill. And yeah. somehow that's a dive. And here's here's what the mainstream media is not talking about. Alex Jones, your friend, I got the files in the documents in, in offshore account. Uh, Kevin Friend, he never put the he never put a whistle to his mouth. I, I, I don't know if you've seen the alternative angles. He never blew a whistle before the play ended. See, I could have sworn I heard a whistle. I'm going to have to go no, back to no, the no. tape. There's a whistle that gets blown. It's not from him. I, I, I think there's some serious Watergate conspiracy levels 
of uh, whistling going on here. I'll bet you that freak's got a whistle in his butthole, and he just farted one out, called the penalty because he didn't know what right, else to do. Give him a nickname. Five, four, three, two, one. Five. Kevin... Shake my hand. Five, four, three, two, one. This week's Freak of the Week is Kevin, not whistle my butt. friend. Sorry, what? Kevin, not my friend. His nickname is not my. We're not liking whistle butt. That's, it's a little too on the nose for me. Well, it's on his butt. Fair enough. <laughs> whistle butt it is. <laughs> Kevin, not my friend, a.k.a. whistle butt. Uh, that <laughs> is Freak of the Week. Patrick, I think you found yourself a winner. Yeah, I like that segment. All right, let's... Do we want to do our one more week of the week with a goal of the week, or do you have a new segment? You I do have now? a new segment. Um, okay. We're going to do goal of the week and goal of the month. I will say Pat's Degenerate District we're going to skip over, but I will give you now a moment to apologize to the fans for letting your pride of the Gunners overtake your your clarity in picking locks of the week. You live and you learn, Premheads. Whenever I pick anything on the Arsenal game, go ahead and shave a half point off that line. There is a little Homer element to that line. You live and you learn. 75% ain't bad. Yep. That'll put you paying your rent through the end of the season. Um, I promise, I promise, guarantee a crock of the week to hit in September. So get your get your bookie's okay. phone out. Or get your own phone out. Call your bookie. And get some bets ready. Inherently, you're guaranteeing your locks to hit for all of September. Am I right? No, no I will not guarantee that. But they're locks. Anybody who you say, who tells you 100% these are going to happen, is full of shit. Okay, so don't And listen to me. Well, I'm going to tell you every week it's a lock. But not everyone is going to be a lock. James, I think if I finish with <laughs> above 26, 26 or higher correct locks, that's a huge win this season. Okay, let me write that down. Okay, we'll hold you to that. Yep. Fantastic. All right, we'll finish up with goal of the week and goal of the month. Which mm. you clearly defined as two very different things last week. So we'll circle back and to that. And goal of the year. And goal of the year. Yeah, but we're not there yet. But thank you for prefacing that we well, will at one point do a goal of the year. But I might exclude something from the goal of the month mm. if it might be my goal of the year. Okay, fair. Yeah, you've already laid out that line of thinking. So here's my segment. I'm calling it Men of Culture. So what we do on the pod is sometimes we get into the weeds of the tactics and the, the recaps of our different games that we don't take a time to just appreciate the beautiful game at large. So these are things that happen in the world of football, whether it be online or in different leagues, just little, little toe pokes that we can poke fun at and analyze outside of, outside of the side of the rigor, side of the rigor, call them potpourri miscellaneous. Um, I got a couple for you. You ready for this one? Can't wait. All right, so the Shearer, the Alan Shearer and Michael Owen Twitter beef is raging a wildfire on Twitter right now. Michael Owen, a famous striker formerly of Newcastle, but most famously of Liverpool and Manchester United, uh, put out a book. And in it, he had a botched trade to Newcastle. And he claimed that he never wanted to go. And it was a mistake. And here is, and Alan Shearer took exception with it because he's like the authority on Newcastle fans, apparently. But here's the one line that I wanted to pull out for you uh, from the article reporting on it. And I quote, 
One of the more cutting lines in the book includes Owen's claim that his transfer from Real Madrid to the Magpies in 2005 was, quote, a downward step. Uh, you think? Wait, was that a, was that contentious? Uh, yes, the, yes, this made new, a lot of Newcastle fans very upset, and therein lies the kind of people that you're dealing with. I mean, that's, it, on one hand, I just fully respect the amount of pride that you have to be so blinded or to even just take just some, an objective truth, you know, let's call on par with climate change and take offense to that. Um, I would be interested to know if all Newcastle fans felt that way. I know Marcus has three that he's very close to, I would love to know what their takes yeah. are when they do a little straw poll. Yeah, let's definitely heads. take a prem head straw poll. And I think we, yeah. we, you know, we talk about how easily you get triggered. I think get in, get a room of Newcastle fans and just tell them with a megaphone that they're not a big club and just see what they do. It's like, it's like monkeys in a cage. They'll go. Yeah. Nuts. They'll start I mean, throwing feces. That's I, I, it just, James, I'm sorry. I just maybe I'm not culture enough. I cannot wrap my head around that line of thinking. Yeah. It's a it's it's the best club in the world. Why is this even a problem? People just got too much shit on their hands today just to worry about. You know, if you can if you can worry about that, your life must be okay. pretty good. Fair. Well, life in Newcastle must be great. Yeah. It, is Newcastle even great a place? vacation town? No, it's more of an idea. Newcastle lives inside all of us. Oh. Yeah. Got you. Got you. So look within. What part of what part of you, what what part of your insides is Newcastle? The liver and the duodenum. Okay, so performs an important function. Often mad at you for no reason. Often Checks alcohol out. Related. Checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol <laughs> fuels a lot, holds a lot of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, here's men of culture number two. Okay. Krusty the pie. Uh, we we skip. Jesus. We skipped over this one when the season started. Uh, Wigan Athletic, now in League One, which is the third tier of English football. Uh, They put out an open form to uh, come up with their new mascot for the season. And an entire school (laughs) district submitted Krusty the Pie. It is literally a pie. And it it got nominated in and voted in. And so Wigan now... it it competes with Gunner Source. It's up there on the elite level, but their mascot is a walking, talking pie with eyes and a face and a mouth. Look, I think it's time that we started exploring alternative mascots. You know, we're at a time and a place where everything seems to be acceptable in today's culture. Why not have a bunch of uh, you know elementary school kids have a run at the team pie? You know, that's that's a story that they can tell for the rest of their lives. And honestly, it might only be thirty people. But you might have just locked in 30 people with fans for life. And let's be real, Wigan isn't exactly rotating those turnstiles at a, at a high RPM. So let's bring him in where we can. I'm all for um, Wigan the Pie Head or whatever his name is. No, his name's just Krusty. Krusty, Krusty the Pie. Oh, that's yeah, even Krusty. better. Krusty the Pie. That's going to get funnier the older they get. We'll circle back on him, make sure he doesn't have any uh, – you know, nowadays, 2019, they'll probably check his – his Twitter history and maybe Krusty's tweeted some questionable things about immigrants, but hopefully everything checks out and he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll be likely on brand for Krusty the pie. 
Well, I mean, coming up to the international break, I really think we should do, you know, we've got Gunnersaurus in the mix. Fred the Red always used to shake Sir Alex's hand, legend of the game. Uh, we should do a bracket of mascots, of obscure mascots. Gunnersaurus did win the offseason one, so I think he should be slotted in number one. Number one Who voted? Uh, C? Who voted this? Twitter. So, yeah, yeah you know, it's just the best okay, of the we'll, best we'll do voting a on this one. Bracket. Sure, sure. Can't wait. Yeah. Did you like that uh, Gunnersaurus, the untold story, an, an ESPN exclusive? Yeah. I mean, it it's a story that needed to be told. Let's be real. Like, that just how, like how you just landed on, we're the Gunners. You know, let's just slap a Saurus <laughs> on the end and throw this, throw a dinosaur out there and call it a day. We've got this. I mean, I love Gunnersaurus. We've got this armory, uh, weapon theme going on. Fuck it. Dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just I guess add add something more to the arsenal, I suppose. But I tell you, when we went to the when we went to the game, my fiance and I, that was her favorite part was Gunnersaurus. She just could not work out why we had a dinosaur as our mascot and just why he was so large and front and center. Uh, but look, Gunnersaurus is loved not just amongst Arsenal fans, but fans everywhere. I mean, Fred the Red is just. I mean, I almost less creative. I won't say less creative, but. Mm. Almost less creative. Legend has it that Fred is actually now Fred the Red. I haven't seen him in a team sheet. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you got to earn your keep somehow. Yeah. Hey, Coach. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're putting them to work. <laughs> Coach, you think I can get a sub today? I don't see you with that suit on. <laughs> nice. He's Yeah, they're, he's sweating. All right. He's sweating. Well, boy. Let's, let's keep it under. I like that. Was that the? Was there a third one to the culture? culture no, th- uh, good things come in threes, but this is Prem de la Prem, so you're getting two. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, goal of the week, goal of the month, and let's put a bow on this pretty let's little do thing. It. Goal of the week, I got Jamie Vardy. Uh, you'll you'll remember this harkens back to my icebox uh, take that he will be Leicester's top scorer this season. He had an absolute gem this week in a week where there weren't any screamers, but this was a classic first goal to open up the scoring Leicester against Bournemouth takes a ball over the top. It's the most classic Leicester goal you'll ever see. takes one touch to control another one to just dink it up and over that poor Bournemouth goalkeeper, uh, touch a class. Uh, I'm sure Vardy had a red bull before the game. That's my goal of the week. That was also my goal of the week cool. is it was, <laughs> Very uh, and I actually wrote my take down this time, so it's it's on the books. Um, I didn't think he took a touch, but I'll have to rewatch that. I was watching it through crusty eyes okay. uh, in okay. the morning. But in in any case, I mean the the pace he was traveling, the distance, and just the precision the of the goal. I mean, yeah, it's it's just it was just a sexy, sexy goal. And you're right, nothing nothing that screamed competitive, com- competitive, just you know amazing goal like you know there's nothing nothing so so great yeah. to stand out and just the the skill required to put that yeah. thing down i'm trying to think of a backup um, not good enough for my goal of the i'm month. trying to think of a backup i think both arsenal's goals were nice and i think if you combine them together yeah they make up a goal of the month of the week hopefully yeah, week, sorry. i don't think week, i did yeah. goal of the month but yeah no they were they were they were both good goals that i was i was like da- oh proud Daniel of those James. goals would Daniel. not be yeah yeah, dude, that dude scores some bangers, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he, he said we weren't going to talk about United. He's a week. he's a fun yeah, little player. He's a fun one to watch. He's a fun little right. player. Goal. Let's see if he can ever show the up month. in the, the win I'm column. extremely curious to see what you have for this one. 
given your rationale. Uh, yep, I am going to go Harvey Barnes okay. versus Lester. Okay. Which was your goal of the week. And last it is week. also my goal of the month. Uh, oh. It, oh, okay. Um, took me off guard with that one. Uh, but yeah, my goal of the week, or goal of the month, Harvey Barnes. Um, I think it's the best goal of the month. Not good enough to win goal of the year. So, Harvey Barnes it is. Fantastic. Yes. A goal of the week can be a goal of the month. And a goal of the month can also be a goal of the week. I think that checks out. Not sure I follow James, but um, I think disagreeing on the final point while having the same opinion is about as prem to the prem yes. as it gets. Well, welcome to the show. And I will say it was tough between this one and Pookie, who I did pick in week number two as my goal of the week. The volley? Because yes. I will yeah. say Harvey Barnes. Yeah, I mean, we actually had some really good goals this yeah, month. Yeah, we had some screamers. Um Honorable, Douglas Louise's, yeah. Ruben Neves's. Yeah, and then honorable mention, yeah. we didn't. This one didn't even come up in conversation, but Bournemouth player Harry Wilson had a free kick against City, I think. Yeah, against City, yep, just, yep, yep. Just absolute screamer. Um, yeah, yeah, really good goals. So for sure, with August in the rear view, it's been a hell of a first month. We're already talking. Does anyone want to finish in fourth place? Liverpool and City are already pulling away. VAR is already an extreme hot button talking point. Um, one day we're going to find out who sits in those booths, but I can't, I could not have asked for a better first month of Prem to Prem or a better first month of the premier league. For sure. Yeah. And we will be back next week um, with a more rambling edition than normal because we won't have a match week to talk about. That's where you're going to get your oh, next pass to generic district. What, yeah, what are we going to do? Nobody booked, but gonna I'm going to tease a guest anyway. We might have a guest. We may have a guest. We'll figure it out. And just, you know, in the case you really were wondering, just for the people, you can just look up who the VAR official and assistant VAR official are every game. They announce those every week. So Yeah, we'll find out one day. You can just figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll keep tracking down. Meaning you'll look it up online I'll one day. I'll keep tracking down Rooney over here. Uh, on behalf of the yep. Ramblin' Man, Pat Crowley on the West Coast. This is James on the East Coast signing off for Prem de la Prem. Match week four. We will see you in the international break. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.